Welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble, mumble profanities, and laugh way too and often. Laugh way too often. <laughs> Your, Your discretion, discretion is advised. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of us knows your lines. Good grief. For whatever reason, like the the play games part, for, for whatever reason in my brain, I was like seeing something else and I was like, no, that can't be right. Like, play games? Is it play games? What what do I say? <laughs> what is it normally? <laughs> Cue panic. But anyways, panic. welcome back to the Wheel of Crap podcast. My name is Jen. And I'm Emily. Yes, welcome back back it's been another whole week come gather around the campfire for this is a special occasion yes welcome kiddos to m and jen summer camp episode bum, bum, bum. Bum, yes bum. uh today on the pod we got a really special episode for you we are doing listener stories which i my me personally these are my favorite episodes to record they are so much fun love hearing from you guys it's like cool that people actually write in wild don't understand it but it's amazing i know i love it too especially because like i always think from the perspective of the person who like loves hearing stories from other people and this is kind of like a chance for like like you know to instead of people instead of like us listening to a podcast we're just like we're being told stories from our listener it's like a little bit of like a backward situation it brings me great joy it's really cool i really like it (laughs) Yeah, right? No, I'm excited too. This is also one of my favorite types of episodes that we do. So I'm really happy we were able to get together for another uh, M&Gen summer camp seasonal special campfire story session. Yes. And I just want to put it out there. This will, we're going to be taking our annual summer vacation after, after this episode. So you won't hear from us for a while, but we will be back on. And. Let me tell you what day. Let me look. (laughs) We will be back on. Wait for it. Drum roll. (laughs) August 18th. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Yes. As we do every year, we take the summer off just because it it do be busy and we both work full-time jobs still. Um, But yes, we will be back with with fresh faces, hopefully a little more tan and uh, ready for some more stories and whatnot. And I'm excited. It'll be good. Yes, we, but before we say goodbye, we, we got, we got a good one for you today. I know it. Emily hasn't seen any of these stories yet, so she doesn't know what we're in store for, but I screened them, so I know what we're in store for. (laughs) That's really funny. See, it makes me sad though, because I would really love to have it set up one day where like somebody else fields the stories for us. So you're, you're like experiencing it in time with me. But I yeah. still get to, you know, be in the receiving end. So that's fun for me. But I do have a story for you today that was submitted to me personally from one of our listeners. Yes. So you'll that's have your true. experience of hearing uh, something else, too. So we can we can share in the in the joy today. Amazing. But um, yeah, should we just get right into our questions and description and all that? Em? We sure can. <laughs> Number one. All right. So, Jed, I'm just making an assumption here based off of what I know about you. But what's your favorite Goosebumps story? The assumption being that you've read them. I can only assume. 
I ha- I don't know if I have actually, but I. <gasps> that was like our era of scary stories. I know, but for some reason, when I was a kid, they it like I was too was too much for me, because I, James and the Giant Peach gave me nightmares. So I was Ooh. like, I ain't fucking with that. I forgot about James and the Giant Peach for a hot minute there. That's a very good point for you. Because I was like, yeah, no, Jen loves spooky stuff and she loves books. And I can, and I imagine that probably came from somewhere. So I was like, she, she definitely, at least at some point, even heard of Goosebumps. Was there I a, heard of it. A I, particular story then that you either saw the cover of or you're like, no, nah, that's like really freaky that you like remember or anything? Let me just take a quick Google of them and let me see if anything comes to mind. What's yours, though? I have a couple. So, like, I did read them, but I tried to keep it, like, pretty low level for myself on <laughs> what, like, I would pick Goosebumps books where I wasn't already scared of what, of what the book was about. So I knew I it wouldn't be, like, as scary for me is kind of how I approached it. Um, but yeah, there was this one where this, like, boy finds a mirror in his attic and then the, like, kid in his mirror replaces himself with the, with the actual kid and he's, like, trapped in the mirror. And then, um, there was another one where these, like, giant praying mantises, like, invade the city. Those were, those were pretty cool. Or, um, there was a girl who was, like, trapped in, like, a crystal ball because she went to, like, a, like, uh, fortune teller's booth at a carnival or something. Hmm. I feel like I kind of want to read these as an adult because those are really interesting. They're, it's almost like just a collection of short stories. Like, you probably could read them today and still, like, find enjoyment in them. It would just be, like, a really simple read would be the only thing because I remember the letters being gigantic on the page. Yeah. But they're also short stories, so they were probably, it was probably being more sold as, like, a book would be my thing. Right. Have you figured out which one yet would be your... I'm trying to think. I've seen a few movie adaptations. Okay, okay. Um. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I've seen The Haunting Hour, Don't Think About It, which is a movie with Emily Osment. Okay. I don't remember exactly what it's about. I know it's just like Halloween spooky. But I feel like the reason why it sticks out so much in my mind, and I don't know if you know this about me, but in the sixth grade, I got in trouble for quote unquote stealing at school. Really? What'd you take? <laughs> because, okay, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. So we were I'm in so the library. You remember how, I don't, at our school, we had this like little pit in the library where you could like sit and read and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we would go there and do that as a class sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, when we went to the library, I picked up this magazine and it was like one of those like teen Vogue magazines and this movie poster was in the magazine and I loved Emily Osment because I loved Hannah Montana and I wanted to remember the name of the book, but we didn't have cell phones really in the same way that we do now. So I couldn't just like take a picture of it and so Mm -hmm. I could remember it or whatever. So I was like, I want to rip out this tiny little picture of the movie from this magazine so that I can take it home and remember to watch this movie. And I was trying to do that sneakily. And I can't remember what girl it was. It was a girl in my class. She like looked over at me and I, I know she's the one who snitched on me because of the look that she gave me. And Uh, she was like what are you doing and i was like nothing because i was trying to be sneaky obviously and i didn't want to get in trouble for like taking a picture out of the magazine 
And then she like went and reported me to one of the teachers who already didn't like me because I think I just didn't Rubbed like his class or something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he like got me in trouble and he was like, what's in your pocket or whatever? Because I had taken out the magazine picture and it was just like this little picture of the movie poster from the magazine. And he got me in trouble and he was like, you're stealing. And he made me call my parents and tell them that I stole. That is the weirdest thing ever. Because first of all, I remember being alive at like and being in grade six. It is just I don't think a librarian would even count that as stealing. Because magazines, it wasn't even the librarian. It was like my, I think it was our science teacher. If you remember, yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, (laughs) But like, but you know, like that's weird to me because it's like magazines at that time. Because people were actively reading and buying magazines, you'd have a new issue within like a week, and then the old one goes in the garbage. Yeah, and it was so common for you to cut out pictures from magazines and use it for other shit. Oh, people did it all the time. That's how, like, scrapbooking became, like, a thing. Yeah. But I remember, I, like, I remember thinking, I was like, I'm going to jail. (laughs) So that's my criminal past for all of you. You didn't know that about me, but now you do. And the funny thing is, so that teacher later became a principal at our old high school. And I didn't know this. So I was on a shoot once and I went to our old high school to shoot and I had to meet with the principal whom I had no idea who it was and it was that guy and I was like how the tables have tabled the man who (laughs) caught me cheating is now making a location deal with me yeah it's funny how the world works sometimes or not cheating caught me stealing (laughs) caught me cheating I cheated on this magazine I didn't buy the book I just (laughs) took the picture of it and I remember like I think I got in trouble with my parents too they're like you should not steal he had to have phrased it a different way. Like, he probably said, oh, Jen was caught taking pages out of a magazine or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Because there's no way if they knew, like, what you took that they'd be like, oh, yeah. What a what a little thief we've raised. Like, come on. I know. <laughs> like, I felt such guilt for so many years over this, Emily. You know <laughs> I can can only imagine. Well, I'm here to tell you that I think you're valid and you should not have gotten in trouble. And also, because my siblings are in school, I'll go fight our old science teacher just for you. Amazing. I love that. Right? I have my connections. Uh, All right. Let's move on to our next question then. I don't even remember what the question was. I think I just went on a tangent. (laughs) that's good uh i kind of figured i was like if she's never read the book she's never gonna be able to tell me like which one gave her bad vibes because she'd never even remember um but anyways so my next question for you is what's your spookiest campfire story i'm like 90 percent sure we covered this partially in a different episode because i at some point similar questions get similar types of answers um Mm -hmm. But was there anything that you were ever told, like, at a summer camp or, like, around a campfire that you remember as being, like, the scariest story ever? And I have a feeling which one you're going to talk about. It's probably the one at your grandmother's house. (laughs) My grandmother's house? Yeah, it's, like, the one where there was, like, water or something about by your grandmother's house. And you said that kid drowned and scared the shit out of all your cousins. 
<laughs> yeah, that's one I made up. But I yeah. feel like, I, well, I feel like the scariest one, I, I don't know. I can't really remember. Like, I didn't go to a lot of, like, sleepaway camps. Actually, I think I only ever went to one. And there was no scary stories told. But I did get accused of... I'm, I'm not even gonna say it. Was this Never a mind. second round of stealing? No, you've just hidden all of your criminal history from me. Camp, this I'm like, no wonder you camp. love reading. I'm like, no wonder you love reading books about people who are like assassins and thieves. That's like your whole. That's how your whole childhood. <laughs> At this particular camp, you weren't allowed to have your cell phone, but I refused to give mine up. So I like hit it and I was texting under my bed and the girls were like, why are you constantly under your bed at night? Mm. Okay. (laughs) I feel like you can fill in the blanks. And I was like, oh, I'm just, that's how I sleep, which is fucking sus as hell because i wasn't gonna say i'm texting because then that would get in trouble yeah yeah, yeah. but they had a different idea i can only imagine i would have just said to people that i like have a disability and i'm afraid of everything (laughs) i I have to literally hide to go to sleep it's true um but i feel like a story i was told at sleepover over the summer was bloody mary which we've talked about many times on the show and that fucking haunted me honestly still haunts me to this day i know (laughs) i will say as far as like stories that we like that are like comfortable in retelling over the years your bloody mary one always gets me because i'm like i have never had like a viscerally fearful experience in that type of way from a story so it's always like very funny for me to listen to you talk about it because it's like you went through a war you like have like (laughs) flashbacks I was genuinely convinced she was coming for me for so many years. And, like, I was afraid of the fucking mirrors in the bathroom. Like, I would have to shut the door from the bathroom and, like, reach my hand in and turn on the light before I could go in. Because I was afraid. I was like, I didn't say anything, but Mary's gonna be there. (laughs) Right? Oh, God, that's so funny. Um... See, I'm, I had a different thing where I was often at sleepaway camp over the years. Like, first it was Bible camp. And then after Bible camp, it was like the cadet camp thing. And um, I remember when I was at Bible camp, I was told this one story literally around a campfire because, like, the counselors had, like, their own fire. And then they had, like, a bigger fire for the kids. So it was just all, like, the kids sitting in a circle and, like, chatting around the fire. Right. And there was this... And I know I've probably said this story on the show before because, like, it's, it's like, a perpetuating childhood story, I guess, for a lot of people. Um, but it's, like, the one where it's, like, the lady lives alone and she lets her dog out to go pee and then it's, like, scratching at the door, so she lets it back in, and she's, like, getting ready for bed, and, like, her dog usually, like, uh, hangs out beside her bed and, like, licks her hand before she goes to sleep. So then she's, like, oh, okay, like, I'm getting ready for bed. Like, now she puts her hand down, lick, lick. She's, like, oh, okay, cool. And then she goes to bed, and then in the middle of the night she wakes up, 
and um she's like oh like i just had she has like a scary dream or something so she like gets up to go to the bathroom and then like, comes back and she lays back in bed and she's like oh okay like i'll check if my dog's still here and she puts her hand down and her dog licks her hand again and then um it's like almost morning time and she gets up again and she's like i don't know what my problem is like i just i keep having these like terrible nightmares and so she gets up to go into the bathroom and like she goes to the bathroom and her like dog is dead and hanging from the ceiling in the bathroom and it's just like written on the mirror and blood is humans can lick too yes i feel like i i saw that one in like an email chain that was sent to me in grade six that's where i think they came from because it'd be like we like as kids would read them and be like that's the scariest story i've ever heard in my life i need to tell everyone <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and then it ends up as a campfire story oh i miss yeah. that so that was that'd be one that i heard and then of course there's like obviously other ones but like i said i'm pretty sure for at least our long time listeners this is something we've already talked about before and they're like please please talk about something else so um i do have uh a couple questions left it looks like so let's spin in for our next question okay Okay, so it, the question is, did you ever go to summer camp? We just talked about that, so I'm just going to spin for the last question. I mean, I I went to summer camp, like day camp, but I only went to one overnight camp, and it was only for the weekend, and I didn't go back for obvious reasons. Fair, but like, what's a day camp? Oh, so it's just like, you go for the day and then you go home at night. I did not know that was a thing. My parents, yeah. 100% of the time, just sent me away. <laughs> they they were like, you're going to Bible camp for a week. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah, so like, uh, like in our hometown, the recreational center near our high school uh, put on like lots of day camps. So they would have like soccer camps. So you go during the day and like do soccer stuff. Or they would have like, I think I did a rock climbing camp one year. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever did anything like that. My mom would probably say differently, but as far as I remember, I don't remember doing stuff like that. Yeah, my mom put me in lots of stuff like that because she, like, both my parents worked during the day, so they had to figure out what to do with me. (laughs) At least they, like, put you in something fun rather than we're just, like, stay at home and make no noise, Harry Potter. Well, I mean, I was also put in lots of Bible camps, which I did not enjoy. They were not fun. I can't imagine. <laughs> like, a Bible day camp? Oof. That Oof. does sound rough, actually. That sounds like a long day. It, it, they were long days. <laughs> and then I remember I would try, like, when I got a little bit older, I would just not go. So then I would have to, like, figure out how to be over the house all day because my dad with his job is like has an erratic schedule because he's a realtor so he'll come home when he's not needed at the office or at a showing or something so you never knew when he was gonna be home and so i couldn't just like go home and hang out i had to like be out of the house and i remember this one time i like literally just like sat at a park across the street from where I was supposed to be all day and was like so bored I was like this is better yep you're like between all my options I made the best choice (laughs) literally 
Oh, God, that's funny. Uh, yeah, no. So, like I said, I don't really remember day camps at all. Although, I mean, my parents probably put me in something at some point and I just don't remember. Um, but I did a lot of sleepaway camps. So, like I mentioned, I did Bible camp for a few years. And then after that, I did, like, um, cadet camp, which is basically, like, your first year is just straight up, like, soldier stuff. And then you get to pick what you want to do. So then mm-hmm. I was in band camp for, like, four years where I learned how to play the bagpipes. <laughs> Which I don't know if our listeners know that or not, but uh, that's like my fun skill that I have, I guess. And then um, I think I did another year of like soldiery, soldiery type stuff after that. And then that was it for me. I that was my summers were up. That was like all all my all my camping stuff. All your summers of youth, right? Well, and the camp, uh, the, like, cadet stuff, that was, like, seven weeks of me being out of the house. That's a, that's actually a long time. That's almost two months. I know. I remember I was always so excited for you to come back home and, like, our reunite, like, the day we would be reunited and we would, like, go to Max and, like, buy all of the junk food and you would just tell me everything that happened to you over the summer. I always yeah, looked and I would, like, forward to it so like- much. I know, I remember sitting at Max and, or, uh, I guess now it's Circle K, but yeah, no, I'm just, like, telling you and being, like, these were the cute boys that I saw there, and then there was these girls, and here's all the tea about these people you will never meet in your life, and every single time you were, like, yes, tell me everything. It's true. I remember one time you called me while you were still at camp, and I think I was, like, out camping with, like, my family, and I just remember talking to you on the phone for, like, two hours, and you were just telling me everything, and I was like, I can't wait for you to come back yeah. so we can continue this conversation. <laughs> right? I know it's funny now thinking about how, like, during that era of my life, like, I didn't have a cell phone at that time either, so I would used to go to these pay phones. And so if I wanted to have a private conversation with somebody, like, for example, like, calling you, I had to go to, like, literally this, like, pay phone that was, like, out in the bush, almost, <laughs> that was, like, meant for, like... That was, it was more meant for, like, like, private things that, like, like, soldiers who actually worked on the base would want to call their families and use. But I was like, nah, this is my <laughs> booth now. And, yeah, no, I would just, like, hog that booth, like, all night. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. Of course. Um, all right, let's get to our last question. All right. So what's your best summer memory? Hmm. I don't know. There's been lots of good summer memories. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have a best, but there's definitely been some real good ones. I, I remember when I was in like, there was like this prime period where I was in like, seventh eighth grade when we would go camping with my family and i would be really excited because i went with my one cousin who i was really close with at the time the one who i told the story to about the child drowning and she was scared um (laughs) we were close though and it was just like so fun to be out there with her and like hang out and do all that stuff and i feel like those are some like fond memories and then also fond memories of like I remember you had just moved to your new house um in middle school and I came over there and I gave you this like blanket that I had made and we were like just like hung out for the whole day yeah and you hung that blanket in your room for so many years 
it's true. It was on my wall for a very, very, very long time. I think it's in my memory trunk now. Oh, yeah, that's cute. Um, I know I'm the same way. I feel like after, you know, the the years that we both have lived, like there's enough summers and like enough things that we've done together. Where I'm like, I don't know. I have so many like favorite memories. Um, but I do have two that really stood out to me because I was like, it was kind of like a solo experience each time. And they were things that happened during the summer. And I don't know why my brain has been like, these are like core memories for you now. But they both happened when I was at cadet camp. So the first time or the first like summer memory I have where I like reflect on it and I'm like, wow, that's like a great summer memory was um, I was doing like a so it's called a field training exercise in FTX where basically we had to hike up this like stupid huge mountain in BC and then set up camp for the night and then like prepare our kids for the next day because I was at a point where I was old enough to train people. So we had to prepare our kids for the next day. And there was just this like weird time period where it wasn't it wasn't sunset yet. Like it was maybe like 7 p.m. or something in the middle of the summer. And I just (laughs) remember I was like looking into this valley because the mountain that we hiked up, it had like there was just this valley, like a deep valley in the middle and then a bunch of like similar mountains around us. But I was looking in this valley because I was like, oh, weird. Like I've never seen fog at this time before because the entire valley was like filled with fog and then I like looked up into the sky and I saw that our campground was in the middle of this like giant circle of like clouds and then all of a sudden the sun hit and it came right through the middle of like the circle of clouds where we were and because it was foggy it made everything around me like pink like the air was pink the grass was pink like everything I looked at was pink and I was like oh my god, like, this is, like, the craziest thing ever. And then immediately afterwards, there was this huge wind that picked up, and it was coming, like, from the valley towards me. So, like, I watched all of this fog disappear around me, like, and, like, my, it was just, like, a super strong wind, like, blowing in my face, like, grabbing at my jacket, like, just, like, blew off my hat and everything. And then I, like, got up and, like, looked back out, and the, like, fog was gone but the clouds had moved and I could see that there was like a huge thunderstorm coming so then I went to go report it and we basically had to it ended up being this whole thing where we got stuck in like a flash thunderstorm which like you know summer thunderstorms are like real bad and Mm -hmm. they were worried about it escalating into being a tornado of some kind so we had to like do like a whole evacuation but I was the only person up still and I was the only person on this hill who saw any of this so nobody else saw like the whole pink fog thing or anything like that just me that's crazy right and then so that's my first one and then my second one happened where it was another outdoors thing i was um at a different facility in like another um in uh alberta not bc and it was one of those things where it was getting uh dark outside but like you could see that it was it was gonna start raining soon and so like i just remember it being really quiet like everybody had just gone to bed you know at that time i was still working training kids so like i didn't have to go like to bed really until another hour but i was just like sitting outside and watching this storm, this like storm roll in and then right. i like was looking up at the sky and i could see like this lightning just like crackling like uh sideways across all the clouds and yeah It was starting to rain, but as I was sitting there, so I was on a hill in like a middle of a field basically, and I saw that it was starting to rain and there was lightning. So I was like, oh, okay, like I should probably like get inside because like (laughs) being wet and in the middle of a field during a lightning storm is kind of a bad thing, but like- Not ideal for sure. Right? So I stood up and like as I stood up, 
there was like this huge thunder boom where like it ma- it like flashed white across like the clouds and like the trees around me but it like started heavy raining immediately so everything was like white but the crazy thing was is that it like started pouring rain immediately like 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 buckets basically like it was a total downpour but i wasn't getting wet for whatever reason there was just like this perfect circle around me where no rain was hitting me and i just stood on this hill watching as the rain was coming down around me and i didn't get hit by the rain once that's wild isn't that weird so that's my second experience where i'm like that's getting stored in the memory banks because I'm never going to forget about that. And you never have? No. And it was another thing where I was outside completely by myself. And then I was like telling people about what happened in the rain. But like for me to walk back, I would have had to walk through the rain. And then hmm. I was like trying to point out to people where I was. And it just it looked exactly the same as everywhere else. That's really weird. I thought so too. Then I was like weird because I remember looking up and being like, oh, is there like a tree above me or something? And nothing. There was nothing there. It was just open sky. It's like the, ob- you know, in like movies when you see like the rain cloud, but just above the one person. Yeah. It was you had the, the opposite. opposite effect. Yeah. I had a cloud that was thirsty, I guess, above my head. <laughs> it's true. It was like no rain for Emily. Right. So those are my uh, best summer memories, I guess, because those are the ones I remember the best. Well, those sound pretty good to me. And like a crazy once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Is. Experiences. When I tell you, I literally, like, wrote all this in a journal, like, as soon as it happened, too, because I was like, I'm never gonna forget about this. I gotta <laughs> document everything. You know what? Honestly, that's a valid response. Right. Um. All right. Well, are you ready to hear the description for our episode today? Yes. All right. So... In North America, a campfire story is a form of oral storytelling performed around an open fire at night, typically in the wilderness, largely connected with the telling stories of supernatural motifs or elements of urban legend, whereas the activity is not incomparable to nor mutually exclusive from indigenous practices, they should not be confused with each other, though, in a contemporary context. That's the exact vibe that we're going for with this episode. Isn't it? I know. Literally, when I was, like, reading this description, like, when you and I were talking earlier, um, I was like, man, this this is such a vibe for the show. Like, hell yeah. Campfire stories, supernatural motifs, urban legends, and general creepiness. That is amazing. And honestly, I feel like it's going to hit because you guys wrote in some great stories and I'm so super excited to get started so um shall we i think so i'm just opening up the document jen's said to me okay it looks like um it'll be me starting i'm gonna take a sip of water to get my palate ready all right take her away um yeah i hope everyone's ready i'm excited all right so submission number one Hello, Wheel of Crime podcast people. A few years ago, I attended a summer camp that was pretty much in the middle of nowhere, like really deep in the woods. It was a pretty place, but honestly, it gave me kind of a weird vibe. One night, the counselors organized a late night marshmallow roast and sang along. After a few hours, most of the other campers had gone to bed and it was really just me and the counselors left out. For context, I was an older kid. It was the last year I could be a camper and had been planning to apply as a counselor the next year. I remember being at that point in life. Yeah. I mean, I... The conversion from camper to counselor. 
I have never been at that point, but I can imagine. I feel like it would be an interesting place to be in. It would be. And you know what? You know what's funny? I'm just now realizing in my own head that I was a camp counselor. I just wasn't called a camp counselor. My name was just Sergeant. (laughs) That's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) You were a glorified (laughs) camp counselor, let's be honest. This is true. Um, all right. So, I've also yeah, been totally, a camp counselor, I, though, too. So That's true, yeah. Um, it, it, it's such a weird part of life. But, uh, yes, so our listener here didn't give a name. But um, I, I totally emphasize <laughs> with, with what they're saying because, yeah, that's it, it's super, super relatable. Um, all right, so let's see what's up. Okay, so for context, was an older kid. Um, and I had also gone to this camp quite a few summers in a row, so I already knew most of the counselors pretty well. All right, yeah, that checks out. Um, anyways, I don't remember why, but we all started going around the fire and sharing ghost stories. Uh, most were pretty innocent, but when it got to one of the newer counselors, she shared a story about her brother drowning in the lake. Oh. (laughs) That's not the vibe. (laughs) Just trauma dumps. Yeah, I'm, I got real nervous for a minute there. I'm, I'm concerned where this is going. Um, okay, so uh, she said it was an accident. And that's with quotations that they put in. Um, and then she looked at me and smirked. And I don't know why, but my stomach dropped in that moment. I felt unwell and went to bed. That is also relatable. I can't even, ima- <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Just the unhinged smirk. Like, okay, are you happy? Because, like, you shouldn't be. No, my immediate thought would be, what did you do? <laughs> like, yeah. we all are here together. Like, who's your next victim? Mm, don't love that. Especially being in the woods. Yeah, there's, there's multiple layers to this. Um... I was laying in my bed for about an hour, and then I started feeling really unsettled again. Something in my gut told me to hide. Oh, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) I don't like where this is going. (laughs) I'm just going to preface this quickly. There have been a couple times in my life where I've had, like, a horrible gut feeling, and the feeling to hide, like, usually as a kid, it is never followed by anything good. In what circumstance have you wanted to hide? Oh, no, like, I used to wake up from, like, you remember how I talk with you anyways about how i'm pretty sure the house i used to live in was haunted yeah there'd be a couple things where i'd like wake up out of a dead sleep and feel like i need to hide and then i'd crawl under my bed and like hear voices um i don't like that but okay see see and i didn't share that with anybody because i'd already at that point known what schizophrenia was and i'm like i don't want people to think i'm crazy Valid. It's also not true, by the way, for anybody who ha- who is or knows people who are diagnosed. It's definitely a illness of its own. But that's how my like five year old brain processed that information. As one does. As one does. All right. Okay. Um. Let's see. Until I start feeling unsettled again. Something in my gut told me to hide. I settled into a closet that had a direct view to the cabin door. I waited there for what felt like a long time and I was almost ready to get up and go back to bed when the door to the cabin opened and I saw her. (laughs) Okay. Um, The counselor who told that unnerving story was tiptoeing into my cabin and looking into my bed. And then when she didn't see me in my bed, she looked underneath where uh, obviously she didn't find me because I wasn't there. And my stomach dropped again. I saw her look around for a few minutes and look at a few of the other kids sleeping and then she eventually left. There's no way. 
that she would like because here's the thing too like speaking from an ex-camp counselor apparently like when i went to go check on the kids like when they were sleeping and stuff i never went up to just one kid's bed you know what i mean yeah so that's already giving me weird vibes that seems really strange i don't i don't like that no um i spent the night in the closet and faked really bad food poisoning the next day so that I would get sent home and then I never went back to that camp. So far, I hear a lot of things that are super valid so far. I feel like I would have responded exactly the same in this situation. I'm curious because, like, I feel like if you, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you see a kid is missing from their bed, would that not be, like, a problem that you'd have to report and that would become a big deal? Yeah, that's why I was saying it. it was already weird that they were, like, just checking on the one kid's bed anyways and then didn't report when they weren't in there because that means that they were, like, didn't tell anybody they were going to be in there in the first place would be my thing. Ooh, that does not... I don't like that. <laughs> no. Well, I am so sorry for that experience you had, dear listener. Uh, <laughs> that's hella spooky. Yeah, that's not great. Great. No. All right. I am ready to hear you tell me. You tell me a story, Jen. All right. So the next submission is: My grandfather used to tell a story of our family farm. He used to say that for hundreds of years, the indigenous peoples had used the land as a gateway to the west. They would follow the creek as it wound its way along the prairies, through the foothills, and into the mountains. At night, in that area, they would hear whispers from something calling them from the woods. From the campfire, my grandpa would point to the edge of the woods where you could faintly see the tree line. A never-ending succession of birch lined up and cut to be the edge of a plot line, essentially a designation or ownership. It has been in my family for over a hundred years, but my grandfather would remind us that for the majority of time, it didn't belong to anyone. So that when the people would hear something coming from the trees, it was older than our family. It was older than generations of people who would traverse the land towards the west. Perhaps it was older than time itself. And at this point, he would jump and scream and get all of the grandkids to fly back in their chairs and be unable to sleep that night. My grandma hated this, but I knew he always got a kick from it. I mean, I always knew that he was just joking around. I thought I did, but then I don't think I can ever forget what I saw. Ooh. (laughs) This is a great start. (laughs) It was a few years later. Most of my cousins had grown up and my sister didn't really want to go out and hang out with the guys at the farm as much. So I would stay by myself in a little trailer that had been brought up and parked near the edge of those woods. During the day, I would help do chores around the property, go for coffee with my grandparents in town, and sit around the campfire. At night, I would put on a movie or read a book or just sit and watch the stars, but my mind would usually turn to those woods. From the window, the property line would extend into the darkness for eternity. That was it, a never-ending blackness that would echo the sounds of crickets, owls, and snapping twigs. I used to think the deer and moose rummaging around were the culprits. I wish they were. One night, it was especially still. You could tell a storm was brewing, the sky heavy with wetness, a closer to a deep navy than the typically clear sky. I felt the need to watch it, the sky build, and in the endless dark, I saw him. My grandfather 
wandering through the field and into the woods. What the hell, right? I was concerned, taking off from the trailer and yelling after him, stopping where I think he went in. I mean, I couldn't really tell. It was darker than hell and I was concerned, but I knew I had to go after him. I kept calling out, but the thick wood dampened it to no effect, and then I saw him. His white skin, the only reflector for a hundred meters around him, stark naked and looking up to the trees above him. I stopped and waited. He must have had some sort of undiagnosed episode. I have to help him. I took a step forward and snap. A twig under my foot gave way and him and my grandfather looked directly at me. His eyes trained to mine and he knew. I fell back and then when I looked up, he was gone. I ran faster than anyone should through pitch dark brush past the trailer to grab my grandma and leave. That's where he was. Fast asleep, my grandparents, both motionless and consumed by their dreams. It rained the next morning and I tried asking him about how his sleep was and he told me it was nothing out of the ordinary. The only thing of note was that it probably wouldn't get any work done today due to the rain and that the three of us should go to town to see a movie. So we did. And that's it? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That is so spooky. But I really need to ask you this because I'm not sure if we misheard it or not. Did they say that it was their grandpa that was naked or this other thing? So, from what I understand, they're, they thought it was their grandfather and then they saw two things. Oh. Mm, 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 mm. See, right as soon as you were reading in the beginning, kind of like the lay of the land and like some of the some of the background to this story, I was like, this has a essence of a windy boy story. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. That's what it honestly sounds like to me. Just like just even with, say, like when I did our, our windy boy episode, I went through a few different like retellings of, of some older stories as well as like some newer reports. And there's there's some consistencies to this one where I'm like, hmm, I don't like that. Mm-mm-mm. I don't like it either. I will say, though, for our listener that um, typically, as far as I know in the folklore, like I'm, I'm sure they probably know a little bit of folklore as well if they if they think it's the same thing that we think it is, a windy boy. Um, but apparently, if you find them and they're not trying to copy you or say your name or anything like that or trying to lure you into the forest that way, that usually means that you're not their target. Well, that's a bonus. So that's something. <laughs> I'm not sure if that helps you sleep at night, but that's that's something I read about. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, they submitted this story, so they're still around for another summer. They sure are. Yep. Living live their best life. Uh, man, that's really spooky, though. I don't know, man. Mm-mm, I don't like that. <laughs> well, it definitely is very spooky. All right. Should you tell us our next tale, Em? Yes, I'm already shivering in my bones. I'm excited. Um, all right, here we are. So our, our next submission. Hi, Jen and M. I've always wanted to share a scary story of my own during one of these episodes. Well, here's your, your time. Here you this are. Is this moment. is your moment. Embrace it. Exactly. Um, I recently heard your Annabelle episode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ooh, this is a don't good like start. where this is going. Oh. 
I, I literally saw the word animal and I was like, I asked for this, didn't I? <laughs> you did. I think I literally did at the end of the episode. Um, but anyways, so I recently heard your Annabelle episode and it reminded me of a story about my brother Caden. On his seventh birthday, I was around nine at the time, he received an unmarked package in the mail for his birthday. Okay, to start with, no seven-year-old should be getting addressed mail that is unmarked or what, sorry, what was the word he was, it was, uh, yeah, an unmarked package in the mail. As a parent, if I was a parent in that situation, I would be like, that's a bomb. We are being assassinated. <laughs> like, what is going on? Maybe they're just small town people and they're like, this is normal. I mean, maybe. Uh, all right. Um, so he received this very sketchy, in my opinion, unmarked package <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> and uh, we lived abroad at the time because of my dad's work. And many of our family members would mail us stuff for our birthday. So I guess that's why it didn't seem weird to my parents at the time. You know what? That's valid, I guess. I'll I'll let you have this one, dear listener. Just this once. Just this once. Um, anyways, he opened it and it was a really old doll with cracked porcelain skin and faded clothing. All right, I was all right. That is a scary. Uh, a scary. It is also scary. A sketchy <laughs> package. <laughs> it would be going in the garbage immediately, and I would light it on fire. See, it's one of those things where I feel like, again, if I'm thinking from the perspective of somebody who'd be a parent in a situation where you look in and you're, like, squinting your eyes and you're like, hmm, something doesn't feel right. That would be it. That would be this situation. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we have an aunt who has always been fond of collecting unique and antique items. So it wasn't a super weird gift and we all figured it was from her. Okay, you get it. This one again. You get the <laughs> You get it again. You're valid for this one too. But only because I am that weird person that collects all types of things and then gives them to people. So I totally get it. You are the ant in this situation. Absolutely, I am. I was like looking through some of my family's like stuff that they like keep around the house, and like pretty much eighty percent of the time, if it's something weird looking, it it's something I gave them, <laughs> and I just di- like didn't even like give it to them. I just like put it up. You know, I was like, I don't want this in my house, but I think it's cool. So it's going to go in your house. And I like put it on the bookshelf and it's still there. I mean, looking around my office right now, I see some weird things and they are from you. So it's my love language. I only give weird things to people that I like. I have two iguanas sitting on a swing and John will never let me get rid of it because he loves them. (laughs) And you know what? I love them too. I really want to find them Barbie clothes still. I've I've been trying. Every time I go, I look for clothes for the iguanas and I can never find them. Um, I was going to say, I do also have a, a, a really ugly pig from you from when you were uh, living in Kamloops, I think. But my brother has it on loan because he fell in love with it when he was like five and he's super emotionally attached to it now. An ugly what from me? Uh, it's an ugly uh, pig. It's like a pig that's like sitting down and I think it's wearing like farm clothes or something. Oh, yes. And yes. I had I had it up in my kitchen because I thought it was funny. And then my brother was still like young enough to have like hyper fixations on things. And he came to visit me and he's like, I love it. And I was like, OK, you can have it on loan. I'm getting this back someday. So I think it's up on his head, like uh, on a shelf above his headboard right now. You know what? I love that for him. It, it it tells tales. Um, but let's get back to our listener story here. <laughs> so the weird aunt who collects <laughs> unique and antique items. Named which is Emily. Also me. Um, 
Yeah, weird only because I'm including myself in this. So uh, it wasn't a super weird gift, and we all figured it was from her, which, like I said, valid. And uh, when my brother held the doll, I could tell that he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm literally only picturing in my head, like, my my younger brother whenever stuff like that would happen. And you, you can just see it on their face. It's super funny. They're like, um, mm, thanks. I love it. <laughs> thanks. This is really nice. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So then later that night, he asked if I wanted it. And I said, sure. The doll was a little creepy, but who doesn't like free stuff? This listener and I are the same person. <laughs> Did you write this, Emily? Did you submit this story? I lit- It's like uh, I just slept talked and like my, my alter self wrote this from like the astral plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah. Also relatable, free stuff. So I set the doll up in my room next to my other stuffed animals and Barbies. Okay. And I don't know how else to describe it, but the doll had piercing blue eyes that seemed to follow my every move. I think that's just, like, people with blue eyes, too. But that's also really scary. <laughs> I See, like, I cannot relate because I am not kidding when I tell you I would burn that ball, or that ball, that doll to that ash. Doll. See, I thought you were going to say I can't relate. And I was like, I mean, you do have blue eyes, but, like, yours follow me in a loving way. Not the scary piercing way. Yeah, God. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm totally with you. That's super spooky. Um, All right. So following eyes, which is awful. Okay. And then over the next few weeks, strange things started happening around the house. Objects would inexplicably move. uh, Doors would creak open and shut. And sometimes at night, my brother said he heard a girl laughing in his ear. No, 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 no. I hate that. I hate it. Um, (laughs) I also hate that. terrible um oh god i literally just had like (laughs) a shiver up my spine um it all seemed relatively innocent at the time but after a while it seemed like this doll had something out for my brother okay um the doll almost targeted him and the doll would break his things or mess up his room or he'd wake up in the middle of the night with bruises all over his arms he was terrified and my parents were fed up uh, with hearing about this doll, which the parents, I get it, also valid, but like, this kid would be losing his mind. That is so <laughs> scary. They're like, shut up about the ugly doll. We get it. You hate it. <laughs> yeah, right? Being like, oh, he's making shit up, trying to get rid of this doll. And in the meantime, he's like, no, I'm like suffering. Please help me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. That is the spooky thing, though, about, like, the targeting thing. Because as far as, like, haunted dolls go, they'll always target one person for whatever reason. And that's, like... That's, like, where a lot of, like, demon stuff comes in and whatnot. And, like, the it's a whole basket of eggs when you open it up. But, like, it, it, it is so spooky, dude. That is very spooky. Extra spooky, if you okay. will. Extra spooky. Um... Mom and dad donated the doll while we were at school one day and bought me a brand new doll as a replacement. Good on them. (laughs) That that is the right thing to do. They're like, Um, problem solved. Everyone shut up about the doll now. Yeah, right. Um, 
I was happy and my brother seemed relieved. A few months later, my aunt came to visit and my mom asked her about the doll and told her the whole story. My aunt looked shocked. She wasn't the one who sent the gift and we still don't know who sent it to this day. No. Wrong. Why? No, 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 no. See, I, I hate that on so many levels because mail. then it, who sent you the doll? You know, like that's a really See, random. But I wasn't wrong. It was a bomb. It was just a haunting bomb. The person sent a haunting bomb to your house. Like, that's so weird. And especially if you, like, they said that they moved around a lot, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then... So uh, they were abroad with their dad, it said earlier. Yeah, so then if they moved around a lot, then it probably means that a lot of people didn't have their address. So then, you know, like, there's very limited options as to who could have sent it. Right? So, like, that's already creepy. And then the other thing that I would be thinking is, like, if it was somebody who'd seen that there was children at the house and then just dropped it off and it wasn't somebody they actually knew, that's a whole other kind of spooky thing. Ooh, yeah. Like, I don't even know, like, I don't know what year this was, but, like, if it was, like, recent, then they could have had, like, cameras or shit in it. I know. I thought about that, too. But, like, it it has the tone of a little bit of an older story, so I'm not sure that would have been a worry at the time. But yeah. Yeah, like, mm, no sketchy packages. None. Boot kick it to the curb. Yeah, we don't do, we don't deal in sketchy packages. We deal in ghost stories only. Exactly. All right, on to the next story. Um, So, it says, Hi, ladies. New listener from Edmonton here. Ooh, nice and Ooh. local. Hey, neighbor, what you doing? <laughs> um, Smoky I, up there? I know it is here. I mean, it's Edmonton, so it's already scary. No offense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I already have chills. <laughs> oh, oh, hi, I'm a new listener from Edmonton. Oh, this is a spooky start to the story. <laughs> That's it. That's the end. Oh my god, you're so funny. Okay, no, I really want to hear this, though. All right, hello, (laughs) fellow Albertan. It is amazing to hear from you. I would love to hear what you have to say. (laughs) So they say, I don't have many scary stories, and I'm not sure if I actually believe in this stuff. But this happened a few years ago, and it's one of the only things that really makes me question if ghosts are real or not. Every summer, my mom forced me to be the free childcare for my four younger siblings. I really hated this because I wanted to go hang out with my friends instead of being trapped in my house for eight hours a day with my siblings. Valid. I was the youngest sibling and I'm pretty sure that was their reality with me. So condolences to you. And, I, and I'm also saying valid to this one because I was that older sibling who was free childcare for my five younger siblings. And I'm like, man, this is so relatable. thoughts and prayers also (laughs) yes we're learning today that our experiences are not unique at all apparently (laughs) (laughs) basically um (laughs) anyways i i complained a lot about it to my mom so eventually she started giving us money to go out and do things i didn't drive yet so there wasn't a ton we could do but it was something It was around mid-August when I started to get fed up that I never got to hang out with my friends or my boyfriend, so I started inviting them over in secret during the day. 
After giving my siblings lunch, I would send them all down to the basement to watch a movie and sneak a friend or most times my boyfriend upstairs to my bedroom. Anyways, I'd been doing this for a while and it was all fine, except for one day when my boyfriend and I were upstairs and all of a sudden the power cut in the house. I was freaked, but when I went downstairs to check on my siblings, leaving my boyfriend alone upstairs because I knew that if my siblings knew he was over, they would definitely rat me out. When I got downstairs, my siblings were really scared. My youngest sister kept telling me her friend Jimmy was the one who cut the power. When I asked who Jimmy was, she says it's the old man who used to live in our house. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like that at all. My sister said that when they are in the basement alone, Jimmy would watch over them because I wasn't there. Apparently, Jimmy told her he cut the power because they'd watched too much TV that day. Then my sister said something that really freaked me out. I asked her where Jimmy was now, and she said, right behind me, and that he didn't like me much. Stop it. And I swear, I felt a hot breath on my neck. No, 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 no. I'm tapping out on this one. So scary, <laughs> especially because kids. Well, like when kids tell you about stuff they see and you can't fucking see it. Like that is honestly one of the scariest things ever. Like, oh, I literally hate that. I could throw up right now. Oh god, I was so scared. I brought all of my siblings up to the main floor, then ran upstairs to tell my boyfriend he had to go. When I got upstairs, I couldn't find him anywhere. Hours later, he called me to say that he left because apparently while I was in the basement, an old woman barged into my room, yelling at him to get out of her house. He thought it was my grandmother, but my grandmother lives in another province. I casually brought up the old woman to my youngest sister a few days later, and she said, oh yeah, that's Jimmy's wife. She's so mean. (laughs) I don't like that. Needless to say, we spent a lot of time out of the house for the rest of the summer. My sister said she saw Jimmy and his wife all the time after that, but I never had another encounter. That is so scary. And like, it's like I was saying before, kids see and tell you weird things when they're younger. Like, um, this is is related, but I'll keep it short. Uh, My mom used to talk about how one of my younger sisters, when she was like little, little, would talk about talking with her grandpa in her room at night and she figured like oh like a fictional conversation with like our grandpa that she's met before right and and then she said no gave a physical description of my mom's dad who's been dead for a very long time like before any of us kids were around and there was a night where she was talking into the empty air mom walked in and the rocking chair was moving in her room as if somebody was sitting in it Ooh, i do not like that no <laughs> mom told me this one like a couple years ago and i was like yeah, see, that's uh, that's one I'm gonna try and forget about because I don't want <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I don't want to think about that at all. Right? But no, that is so spooky. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it it would be the hot breath on my neck for me. I think I would just oh. jump off a bridge. See, that's why I made the noise I did when you said that, because my first thought was, is, like, I would be, I would literally jump out of my skin. Like, I would be running out of that house so fucking fast. I would abandon all of my siblings. Right? (laughs) You guys figure it out. Jimmy can watch you. It's fine. 
But the part that gets me too is like this weird thing about where it's almost like he knows that the oldest sibling like is running the show in real life and that's why he doesn't like her because he doesn't get to boss the kids around anymore, which is weird. But what else is weird is that I think I talked about this on the show before, but when I was living in my old house, I used to always have like spooky dreams and things with that old couple in my dreams. That's so bizarre. I think old people just, like, if they die all of a sudden and then other people move into their house, like, they got problems. They got a lot of fighting words. <laughs> They're like, this is literally my house. Like, who are you? Yeah, they're like, why'd you paint over what I finished painting 20 years ago? Like, who, what possessed you to do that? <laughs> why'd, you get, why'd you get rid of my couch that I like? <laughs> it was a good couch. <laughs> yeah, right? Just causing problems from beyond. But, but yeah, dude, that's freaking spooky, though. I totally get it, though. Ooh, don't like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for my listener story for you. So, uh, we have... Hi, Emily and Jen. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and thought it would be fun to share my own story and practice my writing skills. I hope you enjoy hearing this story more than I did living it. That's already very poetic. I like their style. (laughs) Good on you, listener. Mystery listener. Mystery listener. I was like, I was going to try and say their name, but I don't know their name because they submitted this anonymously. That's the thing, right? I know I haven't seen any names either, so I'm just going off of everybody being a nominum, a nominum, so. <laughs> Anonymity. Yes. Yeah. All right. I hope we're all tucked in, cross, crisscrossed applesauce in front of the fire, and we've roasted all of our marshmallows, because now we're going to get a fun, poetic retelling of a story that our listener did not have fun experiencing. So let's hear it. Um... It was a dark and stormy night, much like the cliché beginning of a horror story. I was alone at home, sitting in my cozy living room, engrossed in a book. The rain was pouring outside, creating an eerie atmosphere that sends chills down my spine. As I delved deeper into the pages of my book, I started to hear faint whispers in the background. At first, I dismissed them as figments of my imagination, attributing them to the wind howling through the trees. But the whispers grew louder, more distinct as if they were right beside me. My heart began to race, with a feeling of unease washing over me. I closed the book and strained my ears to make out what the whispers were saying. They seemed to be incoherent at first, but as I focused, I could not distinguish words, hushed and ominous. Feeling both curious and apprehensive, I followed the sounds of the whispers. They led me down a narrow hallway, illuminated only by the dim glow of a flickering light bulb. The atmosphere was heavy with an unexplained presence, and each step I took seemed to echo ominously. Oh, very, like, uh, you're really setting the mood here. Right? I feel like I'm there. (laughs) I'm getting into it. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, yeah, super ominous. I'm so into it. Yeah, like, let me come over and change your light bulb. It's all good. Yeah, I'll take care of you, girl. Don't worry about it. Or I'll take care of you, person. Don't worry about it. I have no idea who they are. But, um, God, that's funny. All right, let's get into it. So, finally, the whispers led me to a closed door at the end of the hallway. With trembling hands, I turned the doorknob and the door creaked open to reveal a room that I had never seen before. It was filled with old furniture covered in dusty sheets. Cobwebs stretched across every corner. 
As I stepped inside, the whispers grew louder, swirling around me like an invisible vortex. The air felt charged with an otherworldly energy, and I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. Shadows danced on the walls, their movements unnatural and unsettling. In the center of the room, I noticed an antique mirror, its ornate frame tarnished with age. The whispers seemed to emanate from within my mirror, drawing me closer. And as I gazed into its depths, my reflection began to distort, morphing into a ghastly, twisted version of myself. Oh. <laughs> See, it was funny because in the beginning, I was like, this almost feels like a little bit Harry Potter-ish. Because like in the first movie, <laughs> he like goes into the room where it has the mirror in the middle and his image, it reflects something different back at him. Hmm. Maybe our listener was inspired by the wizarding, wizarding world of Harry Potter, where there's also the room of requirement, right? Which is a door in a hallway that opens up to a place you've never been before. So I'm like, okay, okay. I, I see. see you. You're not a muggle. You're a, you're a witch in disguise and I'm here for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's see. Fear consumed me and I tried to tear my gaze away from the mirror, but it held me captive trapping me in its haunted reflection. The whispers grew louder still, now sounding like agonized cries and anguished pleas. With a burst of desperate determination, I closed my eyes and reached out, grasping the mirror's frame. I summoned all of my strength and shattered it into countless shards, releasing a burst of energy that sent the whispers dissipating into the air. When I opened my eyes, the room was empty, devoid of any paranormal presence. The whispers were gone, replaced by an eerie silence. It took me a moment to catch my breath and gather my thoughts, realizing that I had just escaped a terrifying encounter with the supernatural. To this day, that experience remains etched in my memory, a chilling reminder that there are forces beyond our comprehension lurking in the shadows. So, my friend, be wary of the unknown, for you never know when you might stumble upon a doorway to the paranormal, just as I did that fateful night. Ha <laughs> ha watch out him that was fun watch out guy who makes the lore podcast i'm coming for your job it's funny because like this kind of reminds me of like a goosebumps type story it does yeah and like overall though like like storytelling aside which was fantastic by the way dear listener um that is a spooky experience have you ever like uh like had an experience where you think you hear something that's not there or like a dream or something like that have you ever had that experience before definitely had dreams where like i woke up and like had a really hard time convincing myself that it wasn't real i don't know why but when i was younger i used to have really vivid dreams about my parents dying and then i would wake up like really scared and like sad and i would have to go to their room to like check and make sure they were still there yeah like <laughs> it sounds like an anxiety dream almost but but i totally get it yeah it's true spooky um like i mentioned earlier i did as a kid used to have like auditory things where i would think i would hear like voices sometimes like in the nighttime and that kind of thing and then um i have had a dream before where i think i told you this one because it really freaked me out where 
basically, long story short, because this episode's about you guys, listeners, not me. Although I do like to talk about myself. Um, <laughs> <Same>. I did. <laughs> I did have a dream once where um, basically I was like in a tree house sleeping in like a like a ca- like a cabin treehouse kind of situation mm-hmm. and somebody was trying to call me to get me out of the cabin so I get up to get out of bed and I can't move from the bed and I hear whispers coming from like around <gasps> the back of my head and I can't see who's talking and then I'm like looking over the edge of my bed and the room's getting darker and a muppet on its back slides out from underneath the bed and as it's sliding out the whispers grow like louder and louder and then i can't remember what it says my sisters probably do because when i told them this story like after i had that dream it apparently traumatized them enough that they remember like every detail oh my god so (laughs) so that's a fun side thing but um as it was like coming out the whispers grew louder and louder it said something really fucked up and then split like from the seam on top of its head like all the way down the front of it and this like dark thing jumped out of the muppet at me and then i would like wake up that's scary so I have had a dream where something's whispered at me before. Didn't know what it was, though. Maybe it was the Muppet thing. Demon Kermit. Literally. I love Demon Kermit. He's my favorite. <laughs> All right. But, um, so we've got one more story left, and Emily's going to tell it to you to finish this off right. on this lovely listener episode. Yes, and I'll be the one telling because this one was submitted to me privately from a listener. So I thought that was interesting. You guys, of course, can send us messages on our on our medias and that sort of thing if you find us, uh, as well as the show. Uh, feel free. Um, but this uh, listener, when they submitted their story, I actually had to do some background research because I was not aware of what they were referencing in their submission. So I'm going to tell you what our listener submitted, which is not very long. And then I'll follow it with the story that accompanies this listener's story. All right. I'm excited. Uh, Take her away, Em. All right. So we have, hey, ladies, uh, this story isn't about my experience, but it does have to do with an old coworker of mine. My coworker stayed at, uh, at Hotel Irma in Wyoming, and it was in Charlie's room. Um, when they stayed in Charlie's room, they would hear running in the halls when nobody was there, amongst many other things that the hotel talks about with its resident ghosts. While they were staying there, Charlie also turned off their air conditioning unit, and they know it was Charlie because they asked him to turn it back on, and then he did. (laughs) A ghost turned off the AC and then turned it back on? Yes. And that is literally the story. It just says underneath, you know, uh, thank you, all these things. But but I was curious. I read it and I was like, I have no idea what Hotel uh, hotel Irma in Wyoming is. So I looked it up to see what I could find for the resident ghost stories. And now I'm going to tell you about the hotel. Okay, yeah. Take her away. I'm very intrigued from this story. Right? So uh, the hotel they're referencing in uh, their submission is the Irma Hotel in Wyoming, which I just said. And um, the story that I'm going to share is straight off of their, like, uh, of their tourism website of, like, somebody who was, like, working at the hotel wrote this out. So I'm just going to go off of what they said because they would know best being somebody who's from there. So you would think. Um, The Irma Hotel is one of the most recognizable buildings on Sheridan Avenue. And most tourists and many shops stop at the remarkable 115-year-old hotel to watch the nightly uh, wild bunch gunfighters in the summertime and enjoy the hotel's famous 
prime rib dinner buffet admire the room long cherrywood bar that was gifted to buffalo bill by england's queen victoria and then shop in the hotel's awesome emporium so if i if this picture hasn't been painted for you yet it's very like westerny like it's an old hotel super westerny that's kind of what i was envisioning also because of wyoming i just automatically think cowboys that's also fair uh so according to some believers, tourists and locals aren't the only ones observing all the fun at the hotel that Buffalo Bill had built and named for his daughter Irma. The Irma Hotel, they say, is also home to friendly ghosts who float through the halls, hang out in a few of the rooms, and make mischief in the dining room. And at, at, in their best Hogwarts imitation, float in and out of a photograph on the wall in the dining room. So... Uh, like I said, this is written from the perspective of somebody who's like from here. So they talk from the first person and they say, let me be clear. I don't know what to think while, um, be, while being practical, you would think, uh, you would convince yourself it's always a rational explanation for these unusual occurrences. But if you're keeping an open mind, you really can't be so sure. So numerous guests have reported hauntings in the room, in the hotel's room 35, Water in the bathrooms turns on and off by itself, and guests have reported clothing and other personal items being neatly moved to different places when they were sleeping. Which, just like, side comment, that would drive me bananas. Like, if I set up my room a certain way before going to bed, being like, oh, I'll find my sandals in the closet tomorrow morning, and then they're not there because a ghost moved them, I'd be fighting on sight. I don't fuck around. Yeah, as somebody who's spent the night with Emily multiple times, this woman... (laughs) (laughs) is always so paranoid about leavings behind she does like four laps around the room before she leaves trying to make sure she's gathered everything so i can only imagine the chaos that would ensue if she stayed in this room and the ghost moved all her shit around like genuine chaos lose my fucking mind like i i can't even like my ocd worms in my brain that i talk about sometimes would just like it'd be full panic like (laughs) Like, You'd be like, like everything full, is full around. meltdown. I left it here last night and now it's gone. Well, and me too. I would be, I would know that I was right. I'd be like, no, this is fucking bullshit. They were there and now they're not there. And now we have a problem. <laughs> like, and in the meantime, the ghost is like, it's so innocent. <laughs> Don't be so mad. And you're like, no, this is a personal attack. <laughs> Literally. Oh, God. So, um, artwork has also been found on the floor in places where it couldn't have simply fallen off of the hooks. And there have been reports of guests and staff seeing an apparition of the bottom half of a soldier in a cavalry uniform with a sword. So, just the legs. Walking around the halls. Just the legs. Well, and a sword. But basically, yeah. Do you think he also gets told that he has a, a pamper's ass? <laughs> If he hasn't yet, I will. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. So, uh, room 16 is another location where guests have reported unusual sightings. One frequent report is an apparition that matches the description of Irma Cody Garlow. So, uh, Buffalo Bill's daughter. Uh, sitting in a rocking chair in the corner of the room. Irma died of influenza and pneumonia in the hotel when she was just 35, a few days after her husband 
And then the hotel manager, Fred Garlow, also died of pneumonia. Uh, servers in the dining room have reported seeing ghosts sitting in the booths in the restaurant, finding no one there when they returned to the table to serve the guest. And one of uh, the uh, original author's favorite ghost stories is that there's a photo in the hotel dining room that shows a ghostly figure in the lobby in the early 1900s. The photo is of the dining room when it was still a bar, and there are a few men in the picture who appear uh, undaunted by a shadowy figure. I always wander over for a look at the portrait whenever, um, or not me, the author, <laughs> always uh, looks at the portrait when they're there for, like, a prime rib and stuff like that. So, uh, there have been plenty of paranormal investigators who've explored the hotel, and many have reported an unusual amount of energy and just plain weird stuff in room 20 as well, which is called the, Co the Colonel Cody Suite. Some employees have said they see old Bill himself wandering the hallways late at night, and one employee recalled he hearing spurs jangle in the bar when nobody was there. And then um, our author here concludes with, While I'll always be a little bit more skeptical about, the about these spooky tales, um, I'd like to be open to the possibilities. And if spirits are truly there, eternally occupying old-fashioned photos and playing with water, I am comforted by them rather than disturbed. And this, after all, is where friendly hospitality has been a tradition for the last century. And um, they close it with saying that this is, that they are a resident of Cody slash Yellowstone County and... Uh, and just thanks for listening to their story. And then they didn't include a name, though. It was just, like, by the town. So I'm not sure who wrote this, but I know where you live. And good job. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, did the listener who wrote in to you say what room they were in? No, not what room. Just that uh, one of the ghosts that I guess is... Because um, I did ask a couple follow-up questions. Uh, there's a couple ghosts there that are just like old patrons, and so they stayed in one of the rooms that would have been one of the patrons' rooms who had passed away in there. Mm. Okay. That's cool. And spooky. Yeah. I would totally love to stay in a haunted hotel. Not like a outrageously haunted hotel, but like one like this one where it's just like the ghosts being like friendly ghosts, and they're just like... They turn on your AC unit and everything's good. They're just in a silly, goofy mood and they just move all of your stuff into different places and you can never find anything ever again. Yeah, no. See, I would be laying down the rules right away. I'd be like, Kate, I get that I'm staying in your room and you've got problems with my stuff, but I will have bigger problems with you if you touch my stuff. <laughs> so, I did not. I will visit you, you on the astral plane is what I'm saying yeah. and there will be problems. Please just leave my sandals in the closet. I promise I'll move them tomorrow. <laughs> I literally would be like, you can touch Jen's stuff, like do whatever you want with her things, but like the second you touch my stuff, we have a problem. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'll just leave my <laughs> shit in the car. <laughs> you wouldn't even. What do you mean? You wouldn't even book it. We talked about this before, and you're like, no, I would never stay in a haunted hotel. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about whether or not I believe in any of that, but. I have my hunches, and I have my hunches about many things. But yes, that, conclu <laughs> that concludes our extra special campfire listener story for the summer. Woo -woo -woo -woo. That was a good one. You guys wrote in some great stories, and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to them. 
I was scared. I was entertained. I was clutching my pearls. My timbers <laughs> were shivered. I had a great time. And as always, we love hearing your guys' stories. You don't need to wait for a theme or anything. If you have something that you've been sitting on for a while to send in, still, you you absolutely can. Same method as before, just through the Google Doc on all of our social media and all that. And yeah, we'd love to do another theme. Exactly. I say another theme after just saying, don't worry about a theme. I mean, like another, th- like, listener's episode theme compared to our regular programming. But yes, I digress. But yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode today. That it does. So I already told you guys about uh, where you can submit listener stories if you feel inspired by this episode. But uh, if you like, you can search us up on our social media, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wheel of Crime, if you want to check us out on there. Besides that, we also have our website, which is www.wheelofcrime.com if you want to look there. We have a Patreon, which is Wheel of Crime at Patreon if you would like to donate to the show. We have our email, which is wheelofcrime at gmail.com if you want to submit anything there instead of through Google Doc. Um, or if you just want to say anything about the show, we are always taking suggestions and conversations and all that kind of fun stuff because we just love you guys. <laughs> and then uh, lastly is reviews. If you had fun today and you think we're cool, please leave us five stars. It does help us reach out to new listeners. And as always, we are adding to the Yu-Gi-Oh! pack of listeners listeners around the world i have a personal goal of one listener in every country we're not there yet so you guys gotta help me (laughs) what in every country this podcast (laughs) is only in english so i don't know even then spread the word (laughs) folks maybe maybe my voice is just very melodious to people who uh, don't speak english and don't know what i'm saying that that can be my hope you know what live your dream em i i love that for you um but yeah that's it that's all we will see you on friday august 18th for another new episode okay bye bye